0: I would argue that they're the best competitors in a lot of sports, um, especially to be continuing to be at an incredibly high level uh, 20 plus years after first starting and Mm. continuing to be at the top of the game. I don't think you see that very often.
1: Sacks in the morning, sports, money, life, Steve Sacks. Hi, Steve Sachs here with Sachs in the Morning and really excited about having you with us today because today is Thursday and we have our long-form guest that I think you're going to be really excited to hear from. This young lady is currently ranked number 22 by the WTA. In 2017, she was a U.S. Open finalist, and in January, she was a semifinalist at the Australian Open. And wait till you hear about her foundation called the Kindness Wins Foundation that she founded, and I was able to speak at this foundation just last week. It was just amazing, all the great things that they do, and she's going to tell you all about that. She's going to tell you about the unbelievable baker that she is and the passion that she has for that and you know what it's like to uproot your life as a young kid because she wanted to be a great tennis player, and boy, did she accomplish that. So with that, let's bring her in. Madison Keys. great to be with you today.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: You bet. Now, it seems that you, your family didn't come from deep into tennis. Now, I know your dad was a really good athlete, but how did you get so inspired to take up tennis?
0: I actually, no one in my family plays tennis at all. I... I mean, to this day, they still can't play tennis. They have zero <laughs> desire to pick up tennis rackets. Really? Um, huh. But I actually started because I happened to be walking through my parents' bedroom when they had Wimbledon on. Huh. And I was four years old, and I wanted the tennis dress that Venus Williams had on.
1: <laughs> so so it was, it was more the aesthetics and the dress that really attracted you to tennis.
0: Absolutely. I had no idea what tennis was. I believe I referred to it as the game with sticks. (laughs) Um, I love it. Had had no idea. And the only way I was allowed to get a tennis outfit was if I actually played the sport. So... Here we are 23 years later.
1: (laughs) Wow, that is amazing. It's just, uh, you know, the outfit was one that attracted you to it. Now, moving to Florida from from Illinois, uh, you started training at the Everett Tennis Academy. I believe John Everett, Chrissy Everett's brother, was your coach. How inspirational was he, and how deep did he get you into tennis as far as not only the physical part of the game, but the mindset as well?
0: He was a massive part of, honestly, of how my game is today and honestly all the coaches that helped me at Everett Tennis Academy were i mean really a big part of the reason why i am here today um mm-hmm. they changed a lot of my just fundamentals and things like that and then to be able to work with John and he obviously had his sister come around all of the time and Chrissy mm-hmm. would still would hit with us and i was also able to practice a lot with Jenny Brady who uh-huh. just had a phenomenal year a couple mm-hmm. years ago So, I mean, just kind of all of those factors were so important in getting me to the point of actually thinking I can, in fact, be a professional tennis player.
1: Right. What was it like to hit around with Chrissy Evert?
0: It was great. Chrissy is, to this day, still one of the most competitive people
1: I've
0: ever met. She... Um, She was very competitive. I think the last time we ever really played points, I think I was 13 or 14. And it was like, as soon as she thought it would maybe flip and I was getting a little bit too <laughs> fast or stronger or anything, it was like, nope, we're done.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, Madison, we talk a lot about hard work and there's no shortcuts. And I know what it's like for a baseball player. I'm curious about tennis. I mean, I suspect there's probably no difference. How much dedication and hard work does it take to be a professional tennis player?
0: It takes a lot. And obviously I only know tennis. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know what fully goes into all other sports but mm-hmm. from 10 years old i started practicing monday through friday we would hit for about four hours a day plus an hour of fitness wow uh i had to fit school into that somehow yes. um so it was usually wake up in the morning start your day at about 7:30. we would go until about 11. And then that's when the big chunk of schoolwork would get done in the middle of the day and then start again and go three to five.
1: Wow. I thought we had it tough as baseball players. I mean, I can imagine what it's like to be, especially that much demand on a young lady. But Madison, when I grew up, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. That's all I wanted to do. And I grew up watching guys like, you know, Nolan Ryan and guys that I had to face that were the so Hall of Fame pitchers. Don Sutton and all these guys. And then I get into the big leagues, and they're actually standing 60 feet, six inches away from me, and they're trying to get me out. I mean, it was just mind-boggling facing these guys. Tell us what it was like to play against the Williams sisters. This has got to be something.
0: It is just as intimidating as you think it would be.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, they smoked the the tennis ball. What was that Absolutely like? Absolutely
0: do. Honestly, it's I've had I think I've played Venus at this point, maybe three or four times, and I've been able to get a win against Venus. I've been on the receiving end of losses only with Serena Williams, um, <laughs> who is phenomenal. I mean, I think the biggest part of their games are just there's their power mm-hmm. and their ability to really just kind of take the racket out of your hand.
1: Wow. Okay, so their athleticism, you can see it. It comes off the screen pretty, pretty strongly, but I guess they've got a lot of determination and a lot of stick to itiveness, right? Pretty, pretty good competitors, I would say.
0: I would argue that they're the best competitors in a lot of sports, wow. um, especially to be continuing to be at an incredibly high level. Uh, 20 plus years after first starting and Mm. continuing to be at the top of the game. I don't think you see that very often.
1: Yeah. Madison, you are a great role model for everybody. And especially with young women and you have participated in an organization called fearlessly girl. Tell us about that organization and what they do.
0: Uh, Fearlessly girl was the first kind of organization that I got involved in. And it was, it was a really easy fit for me because in my mind, it was a bit like being an older sister Mm. and I have two younger sisters. So I felt like that was kind of just a natural fit for me. But I, I just really felt like, especially in high school, middle school, it's really hard being Mm. a girl and to have to try to combat all of that and feel like you're the only one that's going through it and no one else understands. And you kind of get sucked into this little whole of Mm. girl world that's really difficult and i on top of that had the experience of having to deal with twitter and instagram and things like that and i know a lot of girls and women are dealing with that on a daily basis so sure i really wanted to just kind of talk to them and you know remind them that they're not alone and just give them the opportunity to talk And being able to do that in front of their peers, Mm -hmm. they really opened up pretty quickly and started realizing that they were all in very similar situations and going Mm -hmm. through a lot. And I felt like that was it was such a great organization that got girls talking to each other and, you know, really trying to push to be nicer to one another just because they didn't know what was going on.
1: Uh, I think that's great. And, you know, recently I, I was uh, a speaker at the foundation that you know very much about. The, you're the founder of the Kindness Wind Foundation. And I loved being there. I, I had such a great time, Madison. This was just obviously, you know, last week. And tell us about the genesis of the Kindness Winds Foundation. I mean, you must be so proud of this. The, the event was absolutely awesome off the chart. It was run so well. And there was so much goodness throughout the the whole place there. And I just loved being there. there, there there's so much positivity just running out of people. And tell us about the genesis of the Kindness Winds Foundation. We have the shirts on today too, by the way.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, it, it really all just kind of stemmed from obviously my work with Fearlessly Girl. I had so many women and men who kept reaching out and saying, I'm a grown person who goes to work every day and Mm. we need some of these messages. And it really just made me want to kind of just amplify what we were saying and doing and reach more people. And I also know that it's really difficult on the athlete side to start a foundation. Mm. It's not exactly something that you can just wake up and do one day. There's time and money and planning and all of that goes into it. And I think that stops a lot of athletes from Doing, you know, their passion projects and things like that. So I kind of wanted to bridge the gap of both of those things and create a foundation that really just tries to spread good, happy, positive Mm -hmm. feelings and messages, but also give athletes that ability to kind of just jump into something without having to set up their own Mm -hmm. foundation and go through all of those hoops. So it started like that. And then obviously now we have the kindness wins medals and we're moving forward, trying to fundraise and get some more money so that we can obviously provide grants and do more really great things. And Mm -hmm. I think everyone loves obviously great people and everyone loves sports. And as athletes, I think it's just such an easy thing to put together and keep it kind of in that world.
1: Yeah. I mean, there were so many stories there that night Talk about a tearjerker. I mean, there, were, there was plenty of them everywhere. Maybe you can give us a couple of ones that you have really taken notice to that have stood out to you. And, I mean, you've brought so much to people's lives with this foundation, Madison. It was amazing just being there one night. Give us some examples of some of the, some of the things that people would say or some of the things that people would do when they, like you said, give away these medals and uh, acknowledge people in their lives that have been really instrumental. So which ones come to mind for you?
0: There's been a handful of the ones I've given out personally. I just recently gave one out to James Blake, who is a phenomenal person on top of all of his great achievements in tennis. But just on a personal level, he's been amazing for me coming on the tour. And I remember when I I got fourth place at the 2016 Olympics and i was devastated mm. and he had been in the same position and he was the first person to talk to me reach out and you know just make sure i was doing okay cuz he had been in the same position yeah. um but then there's also these phenomenal girls and i'm absolutely blanking on their foundation name and i'm going to i'm going to come back to it and give no you the worries. name of it but um <laughs> they are phenomenal their yeah. sisters and they get people to donate gently used clothes rackets oh, shoes all of that cool. and then they send them all over the world
1: that's amazing i
0: mean yeah south america i think they've started sending them to countries in africa they send oh. them to i mean all over the world and it's just tennis is such a great sport but it's mm-hmm. obviously expensive and you need a lot of things for it so yes. um, i was so proud to give them a medal just because oh, they've done such great, great work
1: That's great. Madison, you see that as it is now. Where do you see kindness wins like in the next five, ten years? How many places can you reach? And, you know, avenues like this can make that extended. So how big do you want this thing to get? How big can it get?
0: I would love for it to get, I mean, as big as humanly possible, honestly. My dream for it is really to be able to give grants and provide people with accessibility to sports. I know Oksana has been very vocal about wanting to help. Mm -hmm. Yes. Who's one of the most incredible people I've ever met. Um, Mm -hmm. Unbelievable athlete. And I know, you know, her mission is she really wants to help other people get into sports and have the access to do whatever they want to do. And I obviously... Want as many people as possible to be able to get into tennis and support that. And I think we're really just trying to build so that we can help as many people as we can.
1: Yeah. Madison, I want to go back for a second and I wanted you to describe more about what the foundation does and how people can follow it and donate to the foundation.
0: The foundation is at this point, we're really, you know, in the building phase. Obviously, everyone. Has has had some issues the last couple of years with COVID and Mm -hmm. trying to grow things during COVID was a bit difficult, but it seems as though we're getting the world's kind of opening back up, but we are trying to just spread kindness, honestly. And as broad as that sounds, Mm -hmm. just the small little daily things that people can do that bring smiles to people's faces. And I always, I mean, I love seeing sportsmanship in sports and Mm -hmm. things like that. And, Mm -hmm. We're at this point, obviously, trying to have things like we just did in Denver where we can fundraise, but mm-hmm. also just constantly showing people all of the good things that are happening on the daily. Mm-hmm. I think there's been a lot of obviously terrible things that have happened and are going on. And I think a lot of times that's what that's what we just are getting fed by the news all the time. And I think it's really important that we show all of the small things and big things that people are doing just to help one another out and they're not looking for recognition. So being able to shine a light on all of those things, I think is really important.
1: Yeah. Madison, I was wondering some of the, your contemporaries people you're playing against in tennis or with how many of them are involved in foundations, something like you have centered here with kindness wins. How many other people do you think are most of them involved or do they have their own foundations or how do they do that?
0: I would say on the tours, There are a handful that have their own foundations and organizations, but like I said, I think it's really difficult to start that process and create your own foundation. Mm -hmm. But I know Elena Svitolina has one, Andy Roddick has one, Chris Everett has one, Sloan Stevens also has her own. So there are quite a few out there.
1: Good. Well, I want to get to this one spot before, before we have uh, no more time, and I got to ask you about the baking, okay? I know that you're <laughs> a, uh, a world-class tennis player, but you're also a world-class baker. You've been in competition before. I know you had one when you were 13 years old, and you got to tell me how that turned out. You got to tell me about the Halloween leftovers. Uh, you got to tell me about the, your favorite cupcake. So go ahead and just tell us about baking because I know that you wanted to go there eventually.
0: I love baking. I've loved baking for a really long time. And when I, as you said, when I was 13, we had a tennis tournament and it was right after Halloween. And there was a competition for who could have the best baked goods, essentially. Right. And my mom had been basically trying to get rid of all the candy in the house slowly but surely. Right. So I thought, what better way than to, you know, throw the kitchen sink at a cupcake and put all of our Halloween candy into it, and wow. I won. So, so You did. Um, so
1: you threw all the Halloween candy into a cupcake. So what I'm hearing here is you had, what, caramel, chocolate, peppermint. I mean, did it run the gamut, or how big was this cupcake?
0: I There were – I think we ended up making a couple of dozen, honestly. But <laughs> I would say that the sugar rush that you got from eating one of those cupcakes oh, was man. probably – was probably very high, so it probably would have been a great pre-match snack.
1: Yeah. You know, do you think about sending all of your Bakewoods to your, some of your competition might give you a little bit of an edge, you know, come, come <laughs> time for the match? I mean, who knows? This could be a nice weapon for you.
0: If you can if you can think of a way for me to travel with a kitchen and <laughs> yeah, an oven and all yeah. of that, I think that's a great idea.
1: Madison, if you weren't a tennis player, would you ever consider like possibly making this your life's conquest or would you ever think about being a professional baker? Do you love it that much?
0: I do really love it. I'm not <laughs> not sure if I'm good enough at it. Um, my decorating skills are subpar. So I might have to go into some sort of schooling for that. Well, but let me introduce you really to my sister, it.
1: Cheryl. She's <laughs> the greatest baker I've ever seen. We tell her, you got to get your own baking thing. She doesn't want to do it, but she's unreal. So there's people out there that could help you. Believe me, you could start with my sister.
0: Well, when I'm done with tennis, I'll... Ask you for your sister's
1: Uh, contact. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. So, Madison, where does it go now? I mean, you're number 26 in the world. What are your goals right now as it sits in front of you? Like you said, the world's opening up now. People are getting more and freely being able to go and play. And so, I got to think that there's going to be opportunities for you to get to that life's goal.
0: I absolutely think that's the case. Obviously, I mean, seeing on T V our stands are much more full mm-hmm. and fans are back allowed. And I think that's kind of helping all sports. I think a lot of athletes who were competing through COVID were obviously struggling without fans. So mm-hmm. to have all of that back and just be able to really appreciate everything that we were missing out on, uh, is amazing.
1: Yeah. I was curious about how much your family gets to attend some of your matches or overall, because, I mean, it's got to be tough traveling all over the world. I know my parents and and my family tried to come as much as they possibly could. My gosh, we took them everywhere. I mean, they just were like part of the luggage, you know. They just came. And so I was curious on how much your family gets a chance to come and see you play.
0: Not that often. (laughs) My sisters and mom have come to Wimbledon one time. My mom came to the French Open one time. My grandparents actually drove to Cincinnati when I actually won the title there, which was great. So they got to see me play live for the first time in a really long time. But mm-hmm. we're a bit too international, unfortunately, to sure. send the family all over the world.
1: Yeah. Madison, I was curious too, because we talk about this a lot on the podcast, doing a reassessment. It's kind of like doing a check. You know, you get to one certain part of your career and okay, that's good. But now I've got to kind of up my game. I got to raise a bar of expectancy. I got to, what type of things do you, do and how often do you do that for instance where do you see yourself right now
0: I think right now I'm in a pretty good position I don't think I've ever won this many matches at this point in a season and especially after last year I mean last year was probably my toughest year in the last seven or eight Mm. Uh, just emotionally results wise it just wasn't doing as well and it was really kind of taking the enjoyment out of tennis for me. And I made a really big commitment at the end of that year and going into our preseason to try to find why I love tennis again and Mm -hmm. find that enjoyment. And Mm -hmm. I think not coincidentally, it's when I've done the best that I have in a really long time. And more than that, just really enjoying every part of it.
1: Mm -hmm. So which tournament is next for you, Madison?
0: I am going to, um, Madrid this weekend. And after that, I play in Rome and then Paris.
1: Wow. That is amazing. I mean, does it ever just like hit you and say, oh my gosh, I'm one of the most coveted tennis players in the world. And i am traveled to all these places. You came from Illinois, you went to Florida and now you're conquering the world. I mean, you're going everywhere. Does it ever, you ever kind of have to pinch yourself and think, man, this is something that started from a dream.
0: Definitely. I, to, think about where I came from. I mean, I'm from a really small town in Illinois and Mm -hmm. we have one tennis club. So to think that all these years later that I could be doing what I'm doing and travel all over the world is, um, is really a dream come true.
1: Yeah. How about your favorite city, Madison, that you've played in? I mean, are you about to go to one of those that you've been to before or what's your favorite city?
0: I would say every time I get asked that question, a lot of the time, it's based around food for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, one of my favorites, too. food.
1: Absolutely one of my favorite places ever. I stayed at the Vendu Hotel. I can tell you, they have the bikes out front. I love Charleston. Go ahead. Charleston
0: <laughs> yes. is at the top of my list, along with Rome. I think Rome is one of the greatest cities in the world.
1: Well, I'm going to make it a point. I've, I've told myself that now, I hadn't had a vacation in 10 years. I'm going to take two vacations a year. One of the places I'm going is to Italy. I'm going to go to Rome, and my family's from Italy, my, my mother's side, so I'm going to go to the village where our family started. So I've, I can't wait to do that, but I've heard Rome is just absolutely amazing. I wanted to ask you one more, if I may. I wanted to ask you about the Aussie Open, and that's a pretty amazing thing. I think that you were in the finals there at the Aussie Open, and when was that, like in February?
0: I made the semifinals of the Australian Open in, I think it was January, all of the months at this point have blurred together, but um, it was great. It was the first time I've made the semifinals, I think in six years. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was really a dream of a tournament for me. And just to get to play in front of the Aussie fans again, because I missed it the year before it was so great. And then unfortunately I lost to Ash Barty who then went on to win the trophy, but it was a really, really great tournament, and I love playing in front of Melbourne just because they're some of the best fans.
1: Yes, I've been to Melbourne. That's the only place in Australia I went. I absolutely loved it. Madison, got to ask you one final question here. You know, tennis is such a regal sport. I mean, you know, you shake hands with the guy, the what do you call it, the line judge, and you shake hands with him and everything is so nice. You know, baseball, we're in the dugout. We're swearing it. We're doing all that stuff. We're kicking things and throwing them around. And, I mean, I mean do you have trouble kind of, controlling yourself to sometimes you want to just drop a dirty word once in a while or I mean I mean how do you stay so nice all the time when you got such a just an intense competition because that's the way tennis is the way I see it
0: the key is to know where all the microphones are (laughs) So as long as you know where the microphones (laughs) are and they can't pick up anything that you're saying then
1: right I, I mean, it. at the
0: end of the day, you don't want to get fined, so you try to be on your best behavior.
1: Right? Yeah. You know, unfortunately, we see a couple guys go out there where they slam the racket against the guy that's called the line judge and all that, and you know that people look at him and go, "Ooh, that's terrible." You know, I mean, you got to see what we do in the dugout in baseball. It's a, it's a little <laughs> bit worse, but anyway, Madison, I want to thank you so much for being on today. God, we're just such big fans of yours. We're a fan of you as a player, as a person, and certainly what you do with the Kindness Wins Foundation is just amazing. So we're. We're going to be pulling for you. when We expect big things of people that you really care about, so we're expecting you to go out and win some huge tournaments now.
0: Thank you. Thanks so much.
1: All right. Thank you for being with us today, Madison. Madison Keys, right there, ladies and gentlemen. If you like what you heard today, please give us a positive review. Subscribe and share the program. Also, be sure to listen to my Sacks in the Morning shorts three days a week for a couple of minutes of uplifting suggestions to get your day off to a great start. Our music is performed by my adorable niece, Elena Jane. And remember, to reach your goals and your dreams, follow your emotional heart.